Welcome to The Screen, the podcast series run by Breast Screen Victoria. Our aim is to see women empowered by information because when women are informed, they make the best choices for their health. Through the early detection of breast cancer, we hope to offer women their best chance of recovery. Every year, we send out almost 1.5 million letters, emails and text messages to eligible women inviting them to screen with us. Today, I'm talking to the person behind the signature on each of those letters, our CEO, Vicky Pridmore. Vicky, welcome. Thanks for talking with us. Hi, Nat. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about the history of Breast Screen Victoria. It's quite interesting. It was formed in 1987 as a small pilot program based out of the Essendon Hospital. How did this all come about? There was a national push, um, basically. So I think there was a groundswell of interest and lobbying advocacy um, from community and community groups. And then there was interest at a federal level. And so politically, it was picked up and a commitment was made. And Australian was not... Um, they were not the first. So they're following in the footsteps of other countries, particularly the UK, who had a national screening program. And so they could see the value and the evidence was there. So the mission remains the same, but there's been quite a rapid growth in technology. How is the service different today? And the mission is really about reducing mortality from breast cancer. Um, and so the aim of the game is to diagnose breast cancer early when it's small and so you get the best possible chance of a positive outcome. So if we start right at the very beginning, we always invited women by letter. And you said in the intro, there was the I was the woman behind the name on those letters. And so we still reach probably mm, 60% of our women via letter. Um, but 40% of our women we now reach via um, online. And so they can go online and book or they can call our contact centre as well. So before that technology was available, it was all letter. Now we've got that online. And that's increasing. Every year that increases. So when suddenly SMS um, became possible in terms of mass contact, we've taken up SMS. So we do remind a lot of reminders via SMS. So we're trying to keep pace with the technology and make sure that we're giving women um, the easiest way, I suppose, to access the service and the best possible service. And the screening itself has changed since 1987, obviously. We're now in a digital environment. Originally, when we started, uh, women had to wait for quite a lot longer when they came and had their mammogram because the, there was a cassette in the machine when you had your mammogram. So that had to be developed. and The radiographer would look there and say, did I get that right um, or do I need to go back and do it again? And then we moved from there to um, what was called a C computed um, radiography, which they could do that much more quickly. And now it's all digital. So it's like anything you do on your computer. So the radiographer can take the image on the machine, go around to their screen, and they can see immediately, have they got a good image for the radiologist to look at, to read, to understand whether or not there's an issue. That's right. And make changes as at the time and rather than having to wait those two extra Correct. weeks. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. tell us a bit more about the screening program. We invite women to screen with us. Why do we do that? Well, I mentioned earlier on we invite women to screen because there is very, very strong evidence that the earlier you can diagnose the breast cancer, the smaller the breast cancer, and it's intuitive, but it's also correct, the smaller the cancer, then the less intrusive the intervention and the greater likelihood of a positive outcome. And all of the evidence tells us, and when I say all of the evidence, um, Victoria and in fact Australia-wide, they collect evidence on all cancers diagnosed. And if we have a look at the size of the breast cancers that are diagnosed in the breast screening program versus 
cancers diagnosed outside of that program, those in the breast screening program are much smaller. So who do we invite to screen in our program? Eligibility is from 40 through to 74, but we actually target women age 50, um, 50 up to 74. And the reason why we target that group of women in particular is again going back to the evidence. So we know, and we know from research evidence, so um very clear and unequivocal evidence that the majority of breast cancers that are diagnosed occur in that um, that group of women aged 50 to 74. Right, so we don't send out letters to women between the ages of 40 and 50. No, we do not. If, if a woman is unsure, I mean, really, whenever I'm speaking to women either directly or via public or via any of our written communication, we would say, if you're concerned about something, if you think you have a symptom, the first thing to do is, in fact, to go off and talk to your GP or whoever your primary carer is. If you're just worried and you think you should start early because you've been aware in the media of of younger women being diagnosed with a breast cancer, by all means, you are eligible to come along to the service. Ideally, you'll get an all clear letter. If that's the case, we wouldn't invite you again um, until you turn 50. So Breast Screen Victoria provides free screening locations right across Victoria. Yep. As you said, it's free for women over the age of 40 and we promote it to women 50 to 74. Yeah. Why is it that some women don't screen when they probably should? I know. This this always blows me away. I mean, there's, there's some very predictable um, things which most women go, well, it hurts, it's going to hurt. So there's a little bit of that, it's going to hurt. And, you know, I go off and I have breast screens and sometimes it's more painful than the others. But the thing for me is that you're always in control. So, you know, it's it's your body, it's your service. So if it hurts, then you say to the radiographer, that's really hurting, could you stop for a minute or how long have we got to go, those sorts of things. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is a lot of women believe or else it's useful to believe that they'll say, well, look, I don't have breast cancer in my family. You know, there's no incidence of breast cancer in my family, so I really don't need to worry. Um, But one of the other things we know from looking at the women who've come through the Victorian service is that there is a very high percentage of women who've been diagnosed with breast cancer through just through the Victorian service who didn't have a family history of breast cancer. And so we try and dispel some of those myths. Are some people fearful of the result? Um, I think, yes, I was just thinking about, you know, when we're um, working with some different culturally and linguistically diverse groups. So we know that some cultures, and I'm thinking here of um, maybe Greek and Italian, we have quite low participation rates and around about 40%. You can compare this with, say, the, the participation rate in for the Vietnamese um, community, and that might be up around the high 70s. And we say, why is this so? When we start to unpack some of the beliefs in the Greek and the Italian communities, there is quite a almost fatalistic position around or belief, what will be, will be. Um, and that if you're diagnosed, there's very little you can do. So there's a, there is that fatalistic, almost sort of cultural style of thinking, certainly around ill health, certainly in some of the other groups where, say, for example, if we're talking to more remote Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities, their experience probably has been that women in their communities 
have turned up to have a screen when they've, when they've actually had symptoms for a while. Mm. It's quite a, a late stage to turn up for a screen and there may not have been as many positive outcomes. And so then the belief is if you go and if you're diagnosed with a breast cancer, you're going to have to go to hospital. You're going to have to have surgery, have to have chemotherapy, all of those sorts of things. Whereas if you can turn that around and women present to the screening clinic door at an earlier stage, then you ward off some of those things. You raise a good point. Women quite often put everyone else first and mm. themselves mm. last, and mm. they, they'd say they're quite busy and they don't have time for this. Mm. What would you say to that woman who says, I just don't have the time, it's it's not about me, I've got everyone else to look after first? Mm. Well, I, I've said lots of things over the years, but fundamentally what I'd say is you need to take care of your health because otherwise you could be taken out of that picture permanently. <laughs> So, you know, it, it is fundamental that if you are the carer um, and you perceive yourself as the carer and that's how your family is established, then you need to care for yourself so that you can give the optimal care back. And so what about the women who have never screened with us and who are probably overdue for a breast screen? What would you say to those women? Well, I do run into women like this once they, and and women will get quite coy because wherever I am sort of socially or for work and, oh, hello, and what's your name and what do you do? And, oh, yes, I'm the CEO of Breast Screen. Oh, and I say, do you screen with us? Have you had a breast screen either with us or elsewhere? Hmm, no, I've put that off. And I say, why is that? So... Um, I'm quite adamant that where you have a country, a government and an entire service that has been established for free to look after your health and all it takes is that minimal investment um, every couple of years, it um, behoves you to take advantage of that um, because women do, even though we have such fabulous five-year survival rates and all of the stories are positive and wonderful as they should be, that does not deny the fact that breast screen is in fact the most often diagnosed cancer for women and I think now it comes second behind lung cancer in terms of deaths for women. So it's not much time. You know, the returns for a minimal investment every two years are pretty powerful, I think, whether you get an all clear, um, which is wonderful, and that's what happens to most women who walk through our door, or in fact, you, you are diagnosed with a breast cancer, and that's a shocking thing to have to grapple with. But nine times out of 10, that's a very small cancer with the best possible chance of a positive outcome. And it's not enough to just screen once, is it? Why no. do we invite women no. to come back every two years? Mm. We keep your images. So it's like a book. We have the book of Vicky or the book of Nat. And so each year that you, or each two years, sorry, that you come, the radiologist who's having a look at your images, so they're reading your images, they have your prior images to have a look at. So if there's, you know, if there's a scar or a cyst or a something, they can go back and go, was that there two years ago? Has it changed in any way? No, it's all stable. That's fine. Thank you. You're clear, Vicky. Away you go. And I go away and I smile and, you know, wait for the next two years to come around. So let's talk a little bit about your role at Breast Green Victoria. You've been there since 2008. Mm -hmm. Let's think back. That's 10 years ago. You first arrived at the Breast Green Victoria head office in Carlton. What were you hoping to achieve in the role? And, and maybe you can tell us about some of the first goals that you set yourself. There were 180,000 women who were being screened in that year. That was the target when I arrived. This year, our target is 265,000 women. 
So my first goal was to get more women through the door because, in fact, government was giving us sufficient funds to be able to get more women through the door. We just hadn't worked out exactly how to spread the word, if you like, and to increase awareness and to, in fact, put out there some of those messages which we're talking about today, you know, to make it absolutely clear. Why should you screen? What are the things which you might be using to um, put off or defer or deter screening that in fact are not true? They're myths. So I wanted to increase the number of Victorian women who walk through the door. And I want I wanted to do that by understanding why women weren't walking through the door. So one of the first big projects that I took on was a it was an, a project, a communications project, probably, um, which was about understanding the mindsets of women. And so those women who weren't screening, either they'd never screened or they'd screened once or twice and then they dropped off our radar. So since the beginning of Breast Screen Victoria in 1992, there's actually only been two CEOs, with yourself being the second. And I would say arguably through the period of the most change, what are the moments that you're most proud of during that time? Well, it's a good question, particularly because it doesn't suit my personality, really, because my personality is always, oh, that's good, we did that, what's next? <laughs> that's right. But as you just said, you increased <laughs> from 180,000 to 265. That's that's a good achievement. And now I'm thinking, okay, how can we push that up to 270? You know, what would we need to do in order to do that? So I'm I'm very pleased that we have, in fact, increased the number of women who are screening. I'm very pleased that Victoria has, in fact, led the way in many instances across Australia around our online presence, around use of SMS, around bookings online. We were the first first state to for that women were able to book online. Um, we were the first state that connected our SMS reminders. We brought back in centrally, so I was very pleased to be able to have a statewide communication and recruitment service. So we really did get to understand the science and the evidence behind why women either trusted us or didn't trust us, why they did or didn't screen. So to me, that's very important. Personally, I I like an evidence-based approach um, to guide if any change I make. You've had quite a varied career path, though, to your role as CEO as Breast Screen. Many people might not actually know this, but you began your career as a woodwork and metal craft teacher before you trained as, as a psychologist. How did that experience come in handy in your role as CEO? <laughs> Well, immediately you say that, I have this this vivid recollection of a young second form boy dismantling my um, workshop, unscrewing it, <laughs> all of the lathes. So I'm not sure that came in handy, but I think probably just learning to, you know, learning to understand, listen, navigate different personalities, different styles to get the best out of people never goes astray. And I think teachers need to do that. Teachers need to understand the students who are in front of them and what makes them tick and what motivates them. So that sort of learning never goes astray. So what's next for Breast Screen Victoria and screening generally? What do you think is in the future? So I mentioned earlier on that we're shifting that balance between women who receive letters and call our contact centre to make an appointment. And I'd like to see that shift even greater so that the bulk of our women, in fact, book online and can go to our website and find information that they need to make critical decisions readily available online. And we've been working on um, a review and a total refresh of our website and thinking about how do we make the content that we have 
easy to navigate. So that if I go online and I say, right, I'm 40, should I screen? Can I type that in and can I get sufficient information that helps me either know where to go to get more information or gives me an answer and leaves me in a position that I'm able to make a decision? So that for me is fairly important. You know, part of the mission for breast screen is not just to reduce mortality and morbidity around um, breast cancer. It's to be a really trusted source of information for women in the community. And I find that incredibly important and powerful and motivating for me personally. And I think Breast Green Victoria has built and continues to build quite a strong reputation um, in the area of research. So we're doing quite a bit of work with various well-regarded, internationally regarded researchers around the issues which are big in breast screening. So, and we'll probably talk about these in later podcasts, I'm assuming, but around mammographic density, around technology that you can be using in breast screen, around precision screening. So what do we know about risks and individual risk factors and how should they feed into your breast screening career? Per se. Which is a nice lead into our last question, Cancer in the News, a segment where we talk about some of the recent items in the media that discuss cancer breakthroughs. Mm. An article appeared in a number of news outlets recently discussing a breakthrough in which scientists have actually linked more than 100 genes to an increased risk of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So this could actually pave the way for more personalised treatments. Is this what the future looks like for breast screening and perhaps other population-based health programs? I think so. I think, you know, I'll probably be long gone out of this role. But what they're doing, and when you say 100-odd, I think it's up to about 167 or so now. But when they first started, they had 17. And so they're isolating all of those SNPs, all of those small parts on your genome that have an increased risk. It might be a minuscule increased risk, but it's an increased risk. It's associated with an increased risk for breast cancer. The next step is, in fact, to understand how they interact with each other. And you can do simple DNA tests to work out whether or not what your profile looks like in terms of your genome. And so when they first started out, probably they were costing us, you know, maybe $1,000. Now they're probably down to a couple of hundred dollars. As we move on, they'll come down lower and lower and lower, like all things do. And then you might combine your genetic sort of profiling with your um, mammographic density, with your BMI, with some of your lifestyle risks, all those sorts of things. All topics that we will be talking about in upcoming podcasts. So thanks for talking with us today, Vicky. We appreciate you taking the time out to speak with us. Great. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to The Screen. If you're a woman aged between 50 and 74 and you haven't had a breast screen in the last two years, perhaps it's time to book that appointment. It takes 10 minutes, it's with a woman and it's free. Call us on 13 20 50 or visit our website, breastscreen.org.au. I'm Natalie Pearson. Thanks for listening. Listener.